How are you doing? Uh, I, I love being here, to tell you the truth. I, 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 uh, I just love it. Um, and so I'm one that enjoys being with the brethren. And um, uh, I long for that time. And I enjoy that time. As you have noticed, I usually keep you a little long. Um, <laughs> it's because I love you so much. So, don't hold it against me or whatever. Um, here, we're, I'm looking at a, a passage over here that, I, that we're going to talk about, but not initially. Um, we're going this morning, what we're going to do is, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my father. Uh, then I'll let you tell you a little bit about your father. And then um, we'll have something to honor the fathers with. Then I'll have a short message, and then we have an invitation. Um, so, <clears throat> my father, um, I can't think of a man whom I honored more and whom I loved more than my father. Um, he, was, he, 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 was, he was not even a Christian. So, best I know. I saw him 30 days before he passed away in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And um, went to see him then and tried to even share the gospel with him. But as usual, he wasn't open to it. And that was the end of the story. Um, best I know. So in those 30 days, unless God did something, then, um, uh, then I don't know. So, but I loved him and, and I know that he loved me. They called him William the Silent. Because he didn't, didn't speak very much. But when he spoke, you know, everybody paid attention, especially me. Uh, when my mom says, two weeks, no tennis, uh, in about three or four days, I, I won her back, and then she let me go play tennis. When my father said, two weeks, no tennis, I knew that that meant two weeks, no tennis. I didn't even ask. Uh, but, but he was a, a, a quiet sort of a man, uh, uh, but but uh, uh, I know that even though he didn't tell me, like I tell my children, I love you, I knew that he loved me. Is that, is, that, is that possible? You should tell your children that you love them. But my father was William the Silent and didn't speak a lot, and, but I knew that he loved me. And I would do anything for my dad. When he came home at about 1.15 or so, in the afternoon, you know, in my country, there's a siesta. Then you go back to work at 2 or 2.30 or something like that. Then when he came in the house, he sat down in a rocking chair. I always rushed to take off his shoes for him. Um, I loved my dad. And I, when my dad asked me to, not to do something, I simply didn't do it. That doesn't mean I was an angel. I was far from an angel. He didn't tell me not to do everything. You know, if he did, maybe I wouldn't have done anything. But uh, uh, for, for an example, I've told you this before, but just for an example, when I, after high school I went to play tennis in, in Europe out of Amsterdam, and it was the time where lots of Americans would come, lots of American youth would come to do their stuff with marijuana and hashish and the drugs and all these type of things. They slept in train stations, in, in parks, and it was known all over the world that you could go to Holland, a very liberal country, 
and you could do your business over there. And my father wrote me a letter. In those days, it was not email or whatever. He wrote me a letter to the extent of this, that uh, if you ever do drugs, I would be very disappointed. Well, I never wanted to do drugs. When I was a little boy, I saw a, a couple of police officers <clears throat> on a couple of occasions abuse a drunk man. You know, they kicked him a little bit, and that's not right, but I saw that, and I never wanted to be that person that was kicked, that was out of control and drunk, that somebody would just uh, take, take advantage of you. And so I, I never wanted to do drugs, but I had a number of friends that were doing drugs. So, you know, you, 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 you're easily influenced. I'm not easily influenced. I just have never been in that school. Uh, I, for me, if everybody else was doing it, that was a pretty good sign for me not to do it. Uh, and then I check it out, and okay, if I, I'll do it, I'll do it. But uh, uh, just because they were doing it was a sign for me, hey, keep your distance. So uh, I was friends with them, but I never wanted to do drugs. But if I ever had wanted to do drugs, that letter from my father would have cured me right then and there. I just loved my dad, and I honored him. Best I knew. I don't know where that came from. I, I, I think it came from the Lord, even though I was not a Christian at the time. But I, I remember that as a little boy, uh, I, I must not have been five yet. I had reoccurring dreams about this huge rock. I ran on, played on, fell on, never got hurt. And I knew that this huge rock was God, even as a four-year-old four guy. Uh, and not till I became a Christian and much later on did I find, find out that one of God's names is the rock, the rock of my salvation. And, but I knew that my father loved me. He spent time with me. He, when he corrected me, it was always one-on-one. -on -one. He didn't yell at me. He didn't need to yell at me. When he would tell me that, you know, such and such, and he makes his case, that was it. Uh, and like I said, I, I was no angel in, in any way. So he had a lot of talks with me. But it was always one-on-one, -on -one, not in public yelling at me. Always one-on-one -on -one and quiet spoken. But I knew exactly what the point was. Um, and I knew that he loved me. And that's why he would deal with me in, in such a way. So... Um, I, I have been very fortunate that way, and I knew that my father loved my mother. Only on one occasion did I hear my father say something to my mother that I thought was out of step, was out of balance. And he said, told her to shut up. Uh, that was like, like this to me. What? And my mom started crying, of course, because she was not used to hearing that. And, um, and when my mom was crying, then I was upset. Uh, because I love my mom too. Uh, and that is the only time I heard my father say something that was out of line, as far as I was concerned, say that to, to, to my mom. So I, I have been very fortunate. And uh, so I'm wondering now if there's any of you that might want to share a, a quick word uh, about your dad. You have to be a little quicker than I was, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, otherwise, we, 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 we may do your testimony. So I'm coming to you in just a second. Uh. 
Good morning. I'd just like to say uh, to uh, my late father, uh, thank you for his blessings and for uh, bringing me up in this church. And uh, I just thank you for uh, his love and and uh, what he did for my brother and I. And, and uh, also, I want to lift up my uh, father-in-law, my late father-in-law, uh, Julio Reese, and what he did for me and my wife, how he loved us. And uh, I just thank you for that, for his mercy and his grace and his love for us. Thank you. Thank you. All right, my father passed away 11 years ago, and um, he was like your father, never said I loved you to us. There was 10 of us, and I was 9 of 10. And and so it wasn't something that we heard on a daily basis. My mom stayed home, took care of all of us, so I guess you could say we got the loving from her. And um, I want to say he had a stroke, and after that first stroke, you know, rehab and stuff, there was some stuff that had to be taken care of. But after that, I guess he really realized his mortality. And the love just came so freely. And I thank God for that because it's not that I would have gone after he passed away thinking my dad didn't love me. But hearing him tell me that he loved me and all my siblings and just be more loving was a blessing to me. And I, when he um, had his second stroke and... You know, he didn't wake up from that one. I grieved that time that we were waiting for him to pass away because I worried about his salvation. Worried so much I didn't talk to him about it. But um, Peter didn't. I didn't know this at the time. And so I grieved that time while we were waiting and then afterwards. And I was telling Peter, gosh, I feel so badly that I didn't talk to my dad about Jesus and God more. Big weight off of my shoulders. My husband had been taking care of it behind the scenes without me knowing. So I'm thankful for my husband for reassuring me and also leading my father to Christ. Amen. 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 It is, it is hard sometimes to talk to your own father. As much as I honored my father, I basically would have told him that you've been wrong all these years, right, in what he, what he believed. So um, I, I'm coming to you next. My father here is immensely supportive of what I've chosen to do with my life. I am a journalist, and that's certainly not the hardest thing. certainly is a hard thing to get behind in terms of security. Um, He has supported me and been by my side and is patient with me when I'm not exactly the most agreeable person to be around, and I thank you for that. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I'm coming behind you so it's easier to, to reach. I can reach with this. Okay. Uh, Father's Day has never meant very much to me because my father passed away when I was two and a half. So I didn't know him, and there wasn't much for us to celebrate except for the fact that he was very ill. He knew he wasn't going to live a long life, and he prepared for all four of us kids and my mom to be able to live after he was gone, and I'm very thankful for that. The fathers that I knew growing up, were some of the men in this church. And they were fathers to me in a way of setting examples of what a godly man, what a godly husband, what a godly father should be. So whenever I got to the age that I was looking for a man to be my partner in life, my husband, and possibly the father of my children, I knew what to look for. And I am so thankful for those men. I can't 
name them all, I would be missing someone. But uh, Brother Stubblefield back there is one of them that's still around here. And some of them have already passed on. But I thank God for those men and the examples, even though you may not be a father here on earth or you may not uh, have your children with you, there are people watching you, yes. and you are setting an example for them. And I just thank the Lord that he sent me the man, Jim, that for my partner in life, and he is the greatest example of a father to our daughter whenever neither one of us really had an example of a father here on earth. And it's all because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Yes, I'm coming. Yeah. Fathers. Fathers. I grew up in the Baptist church in Illinois, and mother and daddy, of course, were members of the church. My father, <clears throat> pardon me, um, agreed to drive the church bus, which was an old, rickety, loud thing. And we would get up about 5 in the morning and set out. And the seats, which were plastic, vinyl, I'm not sure what it was, they were so icy that I would slide across the seat into the aisle. And I'd get back up and sit on that side and then slide back to the other side too. But the first place he took me to was a little road called Mitchell Avenue. And that's where the extremely, extremely poor and indigent people lived. Pardon me. A lot of their homes were built underground with the roof at ground level, and the children had nothing. Uh, I went to school with some of them, and I know that they they didn't smell good. And my father said it was because they were working so hard to be good Christians. And um, I thank him for that. I thank him for giving me that lesson, and I've been faithful to it all my life. Um, So God bless my dad, who passed away in 2013. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Let's hand. Anybody? I'm kind of doubly blessed uh, because I'm adopted. Many of you might have heard that, uh, you know, if you were born a natural parent, you couldn't help who you got, but I'm so blessed. I had kind of two salvations, brother. Uh, I will say because, you know, if I was, if it was today's world, the chances of me being an aborted baby would be very strong. And so I'm blessed that I was born in the time I was born in. And my dad loved me. He used to embarrass me because he'd brag about all my achievements. And uh, they just loved me like I was their own seed. And I'm so grateful. Amen. 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 I want to thank Mike for being such a wonderful father to my Mark and Michael and Michelle. Thank you, Mike. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Yep. Um, I have two dads in my life. Um, my my uh, first dad, my real dad, is um, an hour away from here. I, I went to go visit him yesterday. Uh, anyways, uh, growing up, he would... Uh, he would, he he worked in Tennessee, and I missed him so much, or me and my brother and sister missed him so much that he heard it, 
and he would drive 24 hours just to spend time, uh, maybe like two hours with us, and he would drive back. And he would also, uh, when he came home from work, he would also play catch with us from his uh, busy day. And now I see that as an example of what a dad is. My other dad is sitting here next to me, Mike, uh, who also is a living sacrifice and and sacrificed so much for for me and my brother and sister, uh, even for his grandchildren. So thank you, Mike, and for my dad uh, back home. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to speak? Okay, there we go. I didn't. Um, I didn't really know my my real father. Uh, my stepdad raised me when I was two. We didn't uh, get along well because I wasn't his his biological son. So all the way till I had become an adult, he didn't accept me or embrace me. But um, something had changed once I I moved out. When I was seventeen, I moved out. But something had changed then, and uh, his heart is made like a complete turnaround and from then till now he he's shown nothing but love and uh kindness towards me and and uh embraced me as his son and and uh, it feels good to have the love of a father that i didn't get as a youth but i'm getting now and i'm grateful praise for that it is an illustration dads that it's never too late the the role of a father, I can't think of a more important role than the role of a father. Uh, the role of the mother can equal that, but the role of the father is, is humongous, humongous. It is bigger than we will ever understand. Um, I'll maybe tell you a little bit about that. But right now what I would like to do is all the adult m- males, all the adult men in this group would receive... Uh, young, young, young man, if you would come help me out here. Um, we have a cup for you um, to, as a gift from the church. Here we go. And we, we can have some more help. Uh, come on, Matthew and Zachy. If you come and you just, each adult man gets a cup. Yeah, it's okay. Here we go. Thank you. Exactly. I, I, this was Allison's idea, which I thought was a, a wonderful idea. A, 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 a cup with a Walden Road picture on there, and um, just, just, just a blessing to me. Just a blessing to me. So every morning when you drink coffee, you can think of us. Yes. Well, remember, we don't have evening service, so I figure... I'm just teasing. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Thank you, young man. 
Thank you, Amen. So, uh, Zaki, for example, your your father, if you want a cup for your father, you're welcome to have a cup for your father. Okay. So. Uh, now then, we we look at some scripture to get some uh, perspective on on a, a different sort of a fatherhood. Uh, but while we're talking about early fathers as well, as well as spiritual fathers. So if we can go to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and we're looking at verses 14 through 17. Verses 14 through 17. And this is Paul encouraging the church of Corinth that though they have a bunch of teachers, yet they need more fathers in their fellowship. They need more fathers, spiritual fathers in their circles so that uh, not only are people being taught, but they're also being fathered. And a father and a teacher are inherently different. So let us look at, at, uh, at, at this. And uh, I do not write these things to you to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Actually, the word over here in the, in the the, the NIV is sons, sons. It may as well be children. Uh, so he says, I'm not writing these things to shame you. There, there's no shame with Paul on these things. It, it, it's sort of like when somebody is not showing up on Sunday morning and I text them, I say, we missed you. Then some people take it like I'm shaming them. No, 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 I'm not shaming you. I'm just telling you the truth. We, we simply missed you. So Paul is not trying to shame anybody over here. He's just trying to direct them, to give them a little bit of direction. And he says, but as my beloved children, the word children over there, uh, obviously these folks were not his biological children, right? Not his biological, biological children. So the word for children over here is the Greek word technon, T-E-K-N-O-N, as opposed to huios, uh, H-U-I-O-S, uh, the word technon has the, uh, the connotation that these are ones that have not made a lot of progress in their, in their spiritual walk yet. Some of them are, are newly born again. Others have been born again for a short while, but they are still children in the faith. Yes? The word technon specifies that. The word huios has to do like hijos in Spanish, uh, has to do with with more mature sons, um, the word huios is used for those who are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God, the word huios. And it takes a more mature one who is co- constantly led by the Spirit of God. Right? Are you with me? Make sense? Okay. And he says, and I warn you, I, I love you like crazy, and I warn you. The word warning over there is not like bad boys. It's warning like I, I'm giving you direction. I'm warning you that, hey, listen, just a bunch of teachers is not enough. You need to have fathers in your group that can father the children. The young ones in the faith especially that, 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 that need fathers. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Verse 15 says this. For though you might have 10,000 instructors, that's a bunch of instructors, a bunch of teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Another translation would say you have few fathers. Another translation would say, though you may have, the word might over here gives it 
gives, gives the, and, and uh, uh, King James normally, it doesn't say the word might or may. In some translations, it does. In the New King James, it does. You might have 10,000 instructors. It's not enough. You have no fathers, but few. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. So he says here, listen. Instructors are not enough because instructors are not fathers. Instructors are not fathers, but fathers by necessity, by definition, are instructors, are teachers. You're going to teach your children something for the good or for the bad. So the difference here, Paul is making a difference between a father and a teacher, right? He says you have a bunch of teachers, but you have very few fathers. Then he makes a difference over here, and we need to take, need to take note of that difference. Uh, a father is one uh, who is in there for the long haul. A teacher, not necessarily so. Okay? You have a teacher in high school, maybe you just get one year with that teacher, and then it's, it's, it's over. Maybe you get a couple, of, a couple of years. But your father is there for the long haul. He, he, he is there to stay with you. Uh, I'm talking about a, a real father. Because not every male that has a child is a father necessarily. Okay? You just have a child. Uh, but it takes a father to be a father. <laughs> Profound, right? Um, uh, a father... If he's going to be a father to his children, um, is there not only to give them information? Like my, my father, he gave me information. Hey, Kenny, if you do such and such, then such and such will happen. He has conversation with me. But I saw him, and he was an example to me. That's what a father is. A father is an example, and if it's a good father, he's a good example for his children. He's not just a one-C deal in, in and out. He is there as an example. And that's what he's saying over here when he says, I warn you uh, that, that he, wants to, he wants to be an example. So, uh, and of course, if somebody is going to be a father in the faith, it is always through Christ. It is nothing that we can do that is worthwhile or that is eternal without Christ. It is always about Jesus. It is about Jesus with the Father. It's about Jesus with the Holy Spirit. It is always about Jesus. It's about Jesus in the New Testament. It's about Jesus in the Old Testament. It is always about Jesus. That's how the Father, God the Father, has designed it. He actually, from the book of Colossians, we know that the Father, and the first chapter of the book of John, the Gospel of John, we know that the Father had given the job of creation to Jesus. Colossians 1.15 says, by him were all things created. Um, and John, the first chapter, says the same thing. Everything was made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus. So, uh, uh, and he makes spiritual fathers. He puts spiritual fathers there that can take care of the flock and they are a steady for the flock. Uh, a teacher doesn't necessarily have to live what he's teaching. Right? You would never know. Somebody comes over here 
and teaches on husband and wife relationships, we don't know if he's a wife beater or not. We just think, oh, this is this guy. You know, he 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 put the moon where 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 it, where it was. Uh, we we think he he's a great guy, but we don't know anything about his life. But a father, my children know more than I know that they know about me. I have noticed that many times because I was trying to do something not secret that they couldn't know, but I didn't want them to know because I didn't want to brag or come around, come across bragging about something, but they noticed. And they would tell their mom, hey, no, dad would do such and such. I never known that they had noticed it. So uh, because you are around, then you are an example to them, and you have to live what you talk, or else you're not going to be a good father to them. So in the spiritual realm, Paul is asking for the same thing. He is saying we need fathers that the young ones can imitate. That the young ones can see as an example. That they would walk like they are walking. And that's what is the very thing that he says in the next verse. Okay, here, here you have the father's thing. Let's just see here. A father is a teacher, but a teacher is not necessarily a father. Typically, a teacher gives information, but a father gives information and example. In other words, he gives information and he gives formation. He is not only about giving some people information, which is a way of teaching, but the best way of teaching is to form somebody, to form somebody, to be hands-on molding people, right? Uh, and hence, the picture of the shepherd as a, a, a father, uh, uh, the picture of the shepherd who, 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 who checks his sheep. Are there any wounds that, 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 that they were a little bit... Far away from me, are there any wounds that I need to take care of? Checking things, huh? huh? Don't no, stop. no, don't stop. He likes the massage. Okay, all right. Uh, so, so, some things are taught and some things are caught. When it comes to a father and a son, the son gets to catch some things. It is not just because the father said it to him or gave him the information. He caught it because he saw his father do it. And in the spiritual realm, in the church, it's the same way. But Paul is saying, you have very few. You don't have enough of them. There's not enough examples in your church. So don't, don't, don't feel too bad. Okay, that was the Corinthian church. <laughs> but I dare say that in the Corinthian church, there were 10,000 teachers and not enough fathers. In most churches, there's not enough fathers. Uh, verse, what is our next verse? Huh? 13. So he says, that, therefore, I urge you, I plead with you, I beg you, be imitators of me. Well, see, in the American church, we think that when somebody says that, be imitators of me, they're pretty cocky. They're pretty arrogant. No. Somebody says, hey. But Paul is not meaning that at all. Paul is saying to some of the brethren that have been around for a while, step it up. We need more fathers in the faith. We need more fathers in the fellowship that can say, hey, I want to be an example to others. 
that they might walk like I walk, mimic me, imitate me. Uh, imitate. Be imitators of me, another translation would say. And the word be over there, the word, the word that has to do with mimic is also a word that also is, is always connected with the word genome, which is to become. So in other words, he's not saying, like there it is, mimeome is imitate or emulate, and this is the, this is the, the verb, and the noun is mimete, uh, 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 that where we get the word mimic from. Okay? So, uh, but it is always connected with the word genome, which is the Greek word for to become. In other words, Paul is not just asking us uh, to follow him, to imitate him, a onesie. Well, I imitated him today. No, he is saying to become that person, to become an imitator. So now you are a different person in your walk. You are an imitator of, of Paul. Who is the imitator of Christ? As we'll see in just a little bit. And, and so, my dear brothers and sisters, this is a great need in the body of Christ. We need, we need examples in, in how to be husbands. We need examples of how to be brothers. We need examples of how to be sisters. Because this is about the fathers. But you know how, how Paul always uses the he thing. And, and, and so it is not that it's exclusive to fathers. Mothers, older sisters in the faith, they need the same thing. They need to be an example to the younger sisters in the faith. And my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. Where I'm looking from, I don't see many examples in the church. I'm not talking about Walden Road. Walden Road is included. I'm talking about the churches that I know around where I have been. That includes Corpus Christi and other places. That there are very few examples that would say, that would dare say, be imitators of me. People would say, imitators of him. For that, forget that deal. But yet Paul is saying, Paul is saying, guys, step it up. Step it up. Become an example. He told that even to young Timothy. To become an example in the faith. So if you can say it to Timothy, I can say it to you, Tony. To you, Caleb. Be an example. As young people you have actually a better opportunity to be an example than me. I'm 71 years old, okay? <laughs> if I'm not going to be an example at 71, I'll never be an example. But wouldn't it be that, would, would people in the body of Christ normally expect young men like this to be an example? They think these are guys that are struggling with their faith. They still have to find their own place. But if they become an example, can you imagine what impact they would have? People would, oh my goodness. How, how old are you? How old are you, brother? 18. He's 18. I love Tony. Tony, in many ways, is a great example. 
I want you to keep it that way, brother. Keep growing that way. You, Caleb, sisters, you keep doing it. Okay. Zachy, Matthew, you keep it up. Phoebe, you keep it up. That's right. We need examples in the body of Christ. The younger you are and an example, the more it is noticed. Because people don't necessarily expect it from young people like that. And so, there you have it. I urge you, therefore, be imitators of me. Of or imitate. 17 says this. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you. For this reason. For the reason that you might be shown the way I do it. The way I walk this walk. That he is not just writing them a letter as to his walk. He is sending Timothy. So that Timothy can show them, not just tell them. Otherwise, Timothy didn't have to go. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved. Hey, don't, you know, if you're going to send a representative, if you don't love him, don't send him. I love him like crazy. He is my beloved. He is like a son to me in the faith. Obviously not the biological son. He's a son in the faith, and I love him like crazy. And I'm sending him to you. And, he says, he's faithful. Faithful son in the Lord. How we need faithful sons in the Lord. Who will remind you of my ways in Christ. It is always the ways in Christ. Listen. If you're going to follow what I'm doing. Don't follow my fleshly business. Follow my ways in Christ. Hopefully, my ways in Christ are more than my fleshly business. (laughs) But don't follow my fleshly business. Follow my ways of Christ. And he says, as I teach everywhere in every church. My brothers and sisters... There is a great need for fathers in the body of Christ. There is a great need for big brothers in the body of Christ. You need to be a big brother to your sister. She's a biological sister, by the way. Okay? Now, me as a a father to three children, two sons and a daughter. After that I became a Christian, I have always wanted and desired deeply that I might be not just their biological father, but that I will also be their spiritual father. My dear brothers who are fathers over here, I pray that you would beg God if you're not a spiritual father to your biological son, that God would give you the unction to become a spiritual father. If you're not a a spiritual father to your biological daughter or by your daughter, adopted or otherwise, that God would give you that you would pray for the privilege of becoming a spiritual father to that child. And if you're not 
that you would desire it with all your heart. That is part of what your job is. Yes? What other job is there for a father? To provide food? Yes. I tell you, physical food does not compare to spiritual food. And physical uh, wherewithal, physical, uh, how do you you call that? Physical means does not compare to spiritual means. The power is in the spiritual means. The power for victory in this life is in spiritual means. And that is what Paul is talking about over here. That the children, those younger sons, the technones, they need not only teachers. Teachers is one thing. Teachers is good. But they need more fathers to show them the way. So, my dear brothers and sisters, I will invite you to... If you have never had a good father and he left by not being a good father, left a hole in your heart, I would invite you to come to the front and let me pray. Those who are seeking to become better fathers and confess to have been so-so fathers. They've been lacking that they would come so we could pray for you. Those who need strength and unction to reconcile with their father, who was not a good father to them, that they would come, that we would pray for God's unction to give you the, the desire to reconcile. And I wouldn't wait long. Those who need to come and forgive their father for hurting them. For their inconsideration in many ways. That they would come and we'd ask the Lord for their hurt to be gone. And their father to be forgiven by them. And those who have not been spiritual fathers to their sons and feel that, Lord, I need more unction from you. Lord, I need more oomph from you. I need more push from you. I need more desire from you to become that spiritual father to my sons and daughters that they would come so we might pray for you. If there's anyone here even today that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and say they don't know about their uh, gifts, their uh, uh, sins being forgiven. They don't know about the, the resurrection that by receiving Jesus Christ not only are the sins forgiven 
but that they have eternal life. And that by the resurrection, by the resurrection power, they have victory coming in this life here on earth. So if, as you hear the music being played, if you would come forward to receive Jesus Christ. And if you would come forward, that you are a believer. And you feel that the Holy Spirit is leading you to join up with this church, you come. If you are one that has a hole in your heart, because of an absentee father or a bad father, you come so we can pray for you. Those who seek to become better fathers, they might come and be prayed for. Those who need unction to reconcile with their fathers, that they would come so we can pray for you. Those who need to forgive their father for hurting them, that they would come as well. And those who have not been spiritual fathers to their children, but want to be, that they would come and be prayed for, for God to give them unction to do so. Would you come as the music is being played?